following podcast has been brought to you by Porn and goodies, everybody. Porn and goodies, everyone. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Rabble Mania brings to you, it is I, your reigning, defending, undisputed, longest reigning, two-time, Rabble Mania champion of the world. God damn, that's a long title. It's this show, the Prestige. The Angel of Death 6XL. Joining me as always. It is I. It is he. Your former <laughs> two-time Rambo Mania champion of the world. Yes, sir. TJ the Great. TJ the Great. TJ the Great. Zoom in and out, motherfucker. No <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Dunn on the shits. Uh, we did a cameraman. Yeah. <laughs> Just working his core like a motherfucker. Oh, man. Sir, please. Thank Just you, sir. With all, the, with all the prestige. As you know, we... We? Are the Banter Club. Yeah. We discuss the week in WWE. The good. The bad. God's sakes. Who... Fucked this shit! As always, we start on the lower end of the scale and work our way up. It's WCW Monday Nitro. Fuck. Monday Fuck. Nitro. Like, every time I watch this show, I, I cringe. Like, my head hurts. I wake up in the morning. I have no idea what the fuck to do with myself. Like, <laughs> I just want to fucking shoot myself. This show is prog- it's progressively getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And it's just like, what the way through? It, it's draining. Like, it is literally draining the life out of us. Like, no, no lie, bro. Let me ask you a question. Right, like <laughs> what the last time we seen spoiler alert, last time we seen the Undertaker. Yeah. Before Goldberg. Wasn't he getting his ass whooped by a certain uh Ooh! Yeah, like the he the dude beat him. Took his yard. He's he's only the second person that ever beat him at WrestleMania. I guess he didn't care anymore after Brock beat him. Like, ah, whatever, you're fine. And then he, he took his yard. He was like, this is my yard now. And he's been saying that ever since he beat him. And now you just show up and help him. It is Roman's yard. You a bitch, Undertaker. All right? That's it. You got, you got nothing anymore. It's been so frustrating. Like, I don't even, 
And then the thing is that, like, if everything else on the card was, like, decent, nothing was... Nothing mattered. Nothing fucking mattered. You just get repeats of the same old shit. Undertaker's out here. All 100... The Undertaker! The guy that, like, I grew up loving. We can't do this anymore. The show is too draining. The show is no good. It, it's taking too much out of us. We can't handle this show anymore. We got to bow out. We're done. We're going to bring in the big guns. Well, 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 here I am, 11.55 p.m., July 2nd, almost July 3rd, 2019, I just heard the footage. Oh my God, these guys are that close to actually hitting the suicide button. They can't do it anymore. They can't handle Monday Night Raw anymore like they used to, because now, oh, they, they're just, they can't handle the, the, the pressure of what USA Network gives us every three hours on Monday. They can't get as angry as I am. So they left me no choice but to come back solo and give you guys officially what we don't have a name yet, but we're going to leave it at Raw Rants 101 until we get a new name for the whole thing. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Ramble Mania brings to you. It is I. Your dream chief head honcho boss and your chairman of the world. The eye zombie's on a vacation, so I am Miguel. My face has been so goddamn clean, man. I can't tell you how it feels to have a clean face throughout the summer. Oh man, it's 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 lovely, it's beautiful, but don't worry, Hazel will make a return. He's growing simultaneously every minute every hour and every second just don't know it but yeah ladies and gentlemen this is the very first episode of what used to be raw's banter aka the mcmahon hour now my show where i basically look back at everything that was performed on monday night raw starting with yesterday's event taking place july first 2019 let's be honest guys when we saw last week's episode we told ourselves whether it was abysmal or it was good it was kind of in the 50 50 pattern but a lot of people wanted to go out of the way and say it was bad because a lot of people hate raw me i don't hate raw i just like to critique raw for the things that they do correct and they do wrong and sometimes they do do a lot of things wrong. But that doesn't mean I hate WWE or Monday Night Raw. I'm just a critic, not a hater. The rest of you want to go out of their way and call us haters, then go ahead. But your words won't hurt me. All right. Now, let's 
Let's do this. Submitted to the approval of the Ramble Mania show. This is Monday Night Raw. Ladies and gentlemen, let's fucking ramble. We all know the big news that happened on Friday with the new executive directors, Paul Heyman running Raw and Eric Bischoff running SmackDown. How reversed is that? It's so weird how they're in the opposite shows because I know a lot of people are going to miss the days when Paul Heyman used to announce it. Paul Heyman SmackDown and blah, blah, blah. I'll tell you, those were the best. And I think my guys would agree with me. But after watching Monday Night Raw last night, I got to admit, holy crap, did they shock us not just shock us did they literally blow us away with this Monday Night Raw the guys are probably telling themselves damn I wish I wish he didn't do I wish he didn't do this episode I wish it wasn't this episode that he didn't do because this one was just so good sorry guys I guess you guys I guess you guys wanted to put away your nooses your guns and cyanide pills and just leave me to do all the dirty work so congratulations at least you guys got the Hunter Hearst Helmsley hour deal with that that's like the best thing that's going on so we open up monday night raw with a fucking botch a goddamn botch first off first off i just want to say i hate how monday night raw opens up now i miss the opening signature along with the music after they put out that other shit you know with the papa roach and all that stuff and they saw all the flashbacks of these guys going into action they don't do that anymore. I guess the budget was just fucking fucked up and they decided to cut that shit off. But what do they give us in return? Not a promo, but the botch was a fucking millimeter, one second glimpse of the fucking Street Profits standing in front of a raw television set and Montez Ford holding on to his red solo cup filled with that good lean. Not that little Wayne lean, that good lean. We open up with a false count anywhere match with Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley, aka the gigantic Triple H and the Black Scott Steiner. Because he's too buff. He's way too buff. And Triple H is basically Braun Strowman. <laughs> because, oh my God, could that dude be any more? Mu- like, I'm waiting for Braun Strowman to be on Muscle and Fitness just so I could buy it and just look at all that Meat Castle goodness and just be Vince McMahon. But. Let's go on with this false count anywhere match. And this match was just out. Let, I'll tell you the results later. This is what happened. First thing that I could say that impressed me the most was Braun Strowman actually did a wrestling luchador role. In the first 10 seconds of the match, there was actually wrestling. Oh my God. Leaf frogs. Like Irish whips, leaf frogs. Rose, and I'm like, holy shit, what's gonna what's gonna happen next? And then it just it got boring for a few seconds, and then uh they went to the timekeepers area. I was expecting a barricade to be there to break, but no, I guess they ain't got that Mattel money to add an extra barricade onto the fucking timekeeper set, so the toy cells are not doing that well. So the fight takes place outside of the crowd where everyone is mostly at because you can't go in the area where the hard cam is because Whoa, look at them drapes. Look at them drapes all the way up in the rafters. You can't see nobody. 
That's basically John Cena. That whole area. You can't see him because he's there. So, these guys, they grab a steel chair. They go close to the barricades of the crowd. Braun Strowman does a slam to Bobby Lashley onto the stage. Bobby Lashley with the most amazing feet of strength. A suplex onto Braun Strowman onto the stage. And then, things started to become like fucking Animal Planet. You know when you watch that goddamn gazelle eating all that dirt and grass and you see a lion just just playing along, stalking its prey? That lion is Braun Strowman. And that gazelle is Bobby Lashley. All I'm going to say is Bobby Lashley tried to go for a spear. He went, and then Braun went, running towards him and then pushed, not even pushes him. He just shoulder tackles him like some sort of um, NFL player from NFL Blitz or the Waterboy into the goddamn Titan Tron. And at that moment in time, when you hear the pyro going off in the air, you hear that golden voice that comes out in the Raptors and you hear it. And nothing, and nobody does a fucking thing about it, but it just makes everyone at home happy. Holy shit! I tell you this much, my wife was next to me when we watched this, and me and her were actually shocked. We were more, I was more hyped for the fact that we got pyro for at least like 10 minutes, like 8 minutes. 8 fucking minutes. And Corey just goes out of the way and says, holy shit! On national television. And no censors. This is the work of Paul Heyman, ladies and gentlemen. Paul Heyman's Raw is going to be very raw and gritty. And top of the line, cutting edge. It'll probably still be PG, but there will be some cutting edge content going on on Raw. And this is the fucking proof of it. The one thing that I could say was a downer was the fact that they had this one angle. And me and Six were pissed off about it because we were arguing about this for like five minutes straight. That... There's a far angle behind the Titan Shrine, and they're just focused on that and that only, and then it just goes to commercial. Come back, it's still in the same position when it left. It never left, and I'm like, are you a ghost? So they had Bobby Lashley in a stretcher first, and then they escorted him out. Supposedly, what I heard is that he got out of the hospital later that night, Braun Strowman, on the other hand, had a neck brace and he was the last person to be escorted. And remind you, I just said hospital. Did anyone hear Renee Young say the word hospital on Monday Night Raw? Oh, I don't care if they stopped it. It was still brought up. Oh, look at the change that's happening on this Monday Night product. But then it went back to medical facility. But I'm happy that they at least brought it up. So... Yeah, they have brought in a neck brace and a stretcher, and supposedly he's suffering from a bunch of fractures, but they're going to plug this match for Extreme Rules, so just wait for that. Both men just look great. They look strong in this whole match. I, I, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed this. And then we move on to what I could say is the, the, the next match, is the tag team match. And again, um... I'm going to explain this right now. I know that there's this thing that uh, the USA Network does not want to have wrestling during the commercials. And I could agree with them, but there's some things in life that you just have to just tell yourself, what are they doing to make this interesting again? Because some of these matches are just getting way out of hand. First of all, we have the Viking Redacted versus the New Day of Big E and Xavier Woods. 
So they had the little scuffle for a few minutes, and then, you know, out of nowhere, here comes Joe and takes out Woods for a DQ. You know, New Day wins that match, da da da. Then Kofi comes out to save the day, and they make a brawl, and then they cut to commercial. Come back to commercial to find out it's the Samoan Joe versus the Viking Redact and, and the New well and the New Day in a six man tag. So yeah, you know, great back and forth between these three. I I feel bad for Joe because he's another one that's just been misused since he debuted on the main roster, and it's really been bothering a lot of people who have been fans of Joe. And the fact that you put him in his WWE Championship, you make him look strong within the story. But then, what does the where does the buildup go within the match? It just it's gone like it's gone with the wind. But yeah, I um it goes in. Uh, Wiz joins in. Ivar does a suicide dive. Kofi hits the trouble in par- paradise. You know, Joe puts the coquina clutch on Kofi. Kofi fades, giving Kofi his very first loss since he won the WWE Championship. Makes Joe look strong, but I'm going to tell you right now, it's not going to make him look strong once the match starts, because I don't, I don't think they're going to have him do all that crazy uh, shit that he used to do. Get ready for some wrestles. Good match. Again, I didn't think this needed to be double booked just to add two other men into the match, but. I'm glad that it was it ended with just these two guys that are mainly the, the the main focus for the WWE Championship that it ended with those two, not any of the other teams. So we get some 24-7 shenanigans with, you know, Drake Maverick brings his wife, you know, they're going to celebrate their honeymoon, but she's blindfolded and has fucking ear, ear headphones on, takes them all to find out that she's Monday Night Raw and, you know, blah, 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 all this other shit. Drake's wife gives him an ultimatum. It's either her or the 24-7 championship. You choose. Now, being Drake Maverick, being the honorable man that he is, he chooses his wife. But when she leaves after that, you just see R-Truth hanging out with the Conga line. Good brothers, they're backstage. They meet with AJ. You know, they talk about last week where AJ reminds them how they lost. AJ claimed AJ almost lost to Ricochet, but AJ said it was his first match back. You know, good brothers are really weird in this entire thing like completely in this entire thing because they basically pulled a rando out of here they said well carl anderson bet aj on his hot asian wife that he couldn't beat ricochet in a match for the u.s championship we'll come back to that later on we go to cesaro versus no way jose drake and his and his wife are in the crowd our troop is a part of no way jose's conga line dances with drake's wife you know the rest of the job has arrived to uh, chase our truth and Cesaro just attacks no way Jose suplexes him on the floor you know does his other stuff this was a no contest this was just a jump in from the get because why not but it's good to have no way Jose in a match just just to um just to at least like you know help him out and like get him on TV and whatnot. yeah um what is it? Oh, yeah. Charlie Caruso now interviews the Street Profits, who are debuting on Monday Night Raw, the NXT Tag Team Champions. Me, Tab, and Six can all agree single-handedly that every single NXT guy that has debuted on the main roster has either been shit, has either not been utilized, or has just been made to sit in catering for the rest of their lives. You know... 
they'll get their moment, they'll get their one pay-per-view, but then it's just like they're not using them anymore. And again, I keep giving these guys the prime example. Ricochet is getting all this fucking hot glory and shit. Meanwhile, Aleister Black is yelling at doors for people to come in and out to fight him. And it's like, oh my God. Look here. The Street Profits making their debut on Raw? No. No, 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 no. Because it's this is basically what Vince McMahon is going to see them as. And he's going to see them as Crime Time 2.0. And it's not going to look good for them. It's not. It's really not. But Montez Ford says that they're, they're here on Raw to bring the swag to the show. And they want the smoke. Yo, y'all gotta call me, man. Like, I, I got I got what y'all need. I, I got the good smoke. I got the bad smoke. I got the Vince Russo smoke. You know, I... I got the Vince McMahon shit that fucking gets him going crazy about these shows every week. Call me. Look. Alright. Yeah, we see Shane and Drew walking, then it goes to a commercial. And then we go to the second hour of the show. Now, again, this is the thing that I am now going to start hating because I said this earlier. They're going to keep replaying the incident that happened at the very beginning of the show with an after that match. When it comes back to commercial, the beginning of the second hour and the beginning of the third hour and let me tell you right now i was fucking annoyed with half of the wrestlers going out of their way to say we like to wish braun and bobby lashley a speedy recovery get the fuck out of here you're breaking the fucking kayfabe man don't do it don't fucking do it okay miss talks about the dangers of being a wrestler and blah blah, blah all that other stuff he's having an interview and then we find out that he's going to have a um I think this was two out of three falls with Elias. All right, whatever. But yeah, he just has his interview. Says a lot of shit. All right, now Shane and Drew come out to the ring. They talk about all this bullshit. You know, Shane also wants to wish Bobby and Braun their condolences. But they all talk about The Undertaker. They all talk about how they're not afraid of The Undertaker. They're acting all tough, being all generic. But when the gong just fucking hits... I will admit, we got Lightning Pyro, which is great. Oh, my God. Like, you can't have an Undertaker appearance with no Pyro. It, it it doesn't feel as majestic as it is years ago, even at WrestleManias or at the stupid Saudi shows. So, yeah, Taker comes out. They These guys run all the way to the back of the barricade. And, you know, Taker, why do you have to be so goddamn cryptic? I'm here to take dig holes and take souls and Shane McMahon's the best in the world but you'll never rest in peace and it's just like why did you have to implicate Shane being the best in the world I don't think we really needed that oh and to find out that the um because I just saw this on Smackdown this match this tag match between Roman and Undertaker versus Drew and Shane is now a no hold barred why the man is too old to be doing all this extreme shit. Stop putting him through fucking tables. Leave him alone. We see Lacey Evans wiping the you-know-what off her face after sucking the you-know-what off of the herder. Thank you. Are. Oh, my God. These are the most horrible people on national television. It's like I look at these two and it's it, they, they, they're great for each other. Like, they're the reason why I hate them is that they're great for each other. They have that chemistry, but one Southern, one is a heavy metal dude. I get it. But seriously, 
I, I just feel as if now this is the only way that these guys are going to get enough heat. And even if it is the fucking Hiroshima X-Pac heat that they're getting. They cut a promo to Becky Lynch. and They cut a promo to the man and the man. And, you know, say how they're going to beat them and take their titles and blah, blah, blah. And, gee, I can't wait how they're going to fuck this up. Then we go to the, the match with Lacey Evans versus Natalia Corbin's at ringside. You know, blah, blah, blah. They lock up and... Basically, what happened was uh, Baron Corbin interfered by grabbing Natalya's leg, and then woman, woman's right, one, two, three, it's over. This was dumb. This was stupid. I don't even know why Natalya had to be a part of this. She deserved better. And to be honest, it, it's giving Lacey Evans a push towards, you know, extreme rules along with Baron Corbin. So, good on them. Good for them. Good for them. But it's like... I just can't wait for them to be off our TVs for a good while. All right, so Ricochet is being interviewed backstage. AJ Styles is facing AJ Styles, saying last week was an honor. He knows he lost last week, but next time he thinks he could win. So the Good Brothers find AJ. They they fucking, you know, they try to rile him up. They try to be the instigator and be like, oh, Ricochet said this, he said that, he said this, he said that. Yo, I'm betting my wife that you can't win the U.S. title, my hot Asian wife. All right, anyway, so AJ Styles finds Ricochet. says, I want a match with you tonight for the U.S. title. And he's like, Ricochet extends his hand, slaps the face, slaps the face. And, you know, I, I'm just going to say right now, Ricochet, you could have just used your left hand instead of your right hand. That's where you put your finger in. Like, ugh. It's, it's just wrong. It's just wrong. It's just really wrong. But that match, like, we'll talk about that later. Now, this is what I was talking about. 2019 is now officially the year of the winner-take-alls, the, the omnishane, and now, the year of elimination matches and extensive two out of three falls matches. This is a prime example of what I mean by them having to cut down on commercials when they're wrestling. This is not a good idea. You know what you could really do for a living? Get all the guys that you have running around like chickens with their heads cut off on that universal title. Put them in a fucking match. Why not do that? We don't need these two out of three falls. You got a roster of 150 people on Raw. And you mean to tell me that out of all of them, you use about fucking 30? There's something wrong there. There's, clearly, there's something wrong there. But look, eh, it just goes on like this. Quick one fall for The Miz, and then, you know, the second fall happens, and then it goes to commercial, blah, blah, blah. Um, what is it? Miz, de Miz defeats Elias with the figure four. What a rare commodity for, for that to happen. Miz beats Elias with the figure four leg lock. And it looked not good. Did not look good at all. So, again, here we go. Another interview with some random blonde chick. I don't know what the fuck she is. And the Universal Champ and Raw Women's Champ come out for the interview. And did you know... Did you know that they're plowing the fuck out of each other? And they're so uncomfortable with this. They do not want to interact with this whole relationship being put on air. It's really awkward. It, this is a worst case scenario for WWE. They just said, hey, let's plug this because, you know, we don't have John Cena and Nikki Bella anymore. So 
let's make these two a, a, a couple like what's next you're gonna give them their own show on the usa network like come on man so look this is what happens they do an interview they talk about how they're gonna beat lacey evans and baron corbin and then look who pops out from out of nowhere a wild mike and maria canellis appear on monday night raw vince basically said i need maria seth and becky to bury mike canellis immediately that's basically what every person said those three even his wife buried him what in the oh my god so this is what happens they um they interrupt you know maria goes out of the way saying you know what's the hardest thing about being a, a wrestler you know having a baby being pulled out of your uterus and it's like whoa and then like the best night the best line of the of the night from maria she just basically says because it becomes a mixed tag team match after that it's just me and my bitch which she's talking about mike versus you and you know the man basically she's implying that the man is becky lynch and seth rollins is the bitch so this was weird this was really really weird and then we had this mixed tag match and then things just started to go completely downhill from there stuff happens with mike and stuff blah 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 and then mike tags maria and then you know seth tags becky maria runs out of the ring she grabs the mic she just yells i'm pregnant i'm pregnant i'm pregnant and becky just like uh, like just goes with it and i'm just like oh, okay so this was basically the point where the burial of mike canellas was beginning because he's sitting there in, in all shock and all telling himself you're you're pregnant you're pregnant and you know maria with with the with the jerry springer lines just like you know disrespecting her man telling him that you're i i wish you were not the father of this baby because you're not even man enough to be a father you're not even man enough to to give me children you know where this thing is she said she'd rather have becky impregnate her than mike and mike is just sitting there with a big dumb grin on his face this was horrible this was bad and i get it yes this was good entertainment on everyone's behalf everyone here did a very good job but this was bad this was just horrible the worst of the worst that happened on monday night raw like talk about the worst match this is the worst segment it's not even the fact that i'm gonna say that seth rollins and becky lynch don't have chemistry they do it's just again they are being utilized as this now power couple and they're not digging it they're uncomfortable and again you know seth maybe you should never say that wwe is the best wrestling on the planet on twitter because look at where look at where you're at now you got shit on by will osprey and now wwe is putting so much crap on you even becky lynch when she was so over after the the whole man thing like it just it's now just it's been demonetized it it's just downgraded to this whole oh lovey dovey thing and she's not even interested in doing it it's ridiculous we have um Heyman arrives and you know teases as always brock 
is Brock here? Is Brock here? Is Brock here? Is he going to cash in? Is he going to cash in? Dude, I'm just getting sick and tired of him saying the same thing over and over and over again. It's just like, just talk about how you're running things on Monday night and how you are liking how things are coming out. All right. We have a moment of bliss. And again, this is just another one that's bad. Blah, blah, blah. Nikki Cross, you know, comes out as a special guest. And, you know, talks about Shippie Bailey on SmackDown to give Alexa Bliss the championship rematch. You know, and Carmella comes out, you know, talks a lot of shit. And then we have a match that we, we go to commercial. And then we have a match, which is Carmella versus, you know, um, Alexa Bliss. Carmella just defeats Alexa, Alexa Bliss right away with a roll-up, with a squash. And then it, it just became double duty for Carmella because she now had to face Nikki Cross. But then we had to go to commercial again. And then we came back. And then it was just this match. And this match was okay. Carmella has been improving her skills very well. She's not losing every step. But she's getting there. And I'm liking it. But Nikki wins this match. You know, with the purge. One, two, three. You know, they celebrate and then, you know, they're, they're coming backstage and again, who the hell is this blonde girl showing up out of nowhere doing these interviews? I look at her and all I can see is Renee Young. Um, so she asked the question, um, the fans say they want Nikki to have the title shot instead of Alexa Bliss. What are your feelings towards that? And Alexa just really interrupts her and says no comment and just drags Nikki out of there. So back to the 24-7 situation. Drake's wife goes to get fresh enough. You know, they, they see the rest of the jobbers run through. Our truth is hiding behind like some cafeteria tables, and Drake Maverick is just sitting there. You know, Drake is just pleading with him, like, you know, I just want to be with my wife. I, I don't want anything else. Truth just starts to have a little bit of feelings. He, you can see the emotion and all that shit. It's perfect for truth. He turns around to walk away. Drake Maverick whacks him with the suitcase. A referee runs over out of nowhere. Drake gets the cover. One, two, three. He grabs the belt. Doesn't grab his bag. Grab his wife and says he's he's promised to have a twenty four seven honeymoon with her. So, oh my god, better have a lot of water for that for that nonsense, bro. Now we go on to the main event, which was last week's main event, but now this one is for the U.S. Championship. It's AJ Styles versus Ricochet, and this is where everything now starts to get crazy. Now, this is what happens. For the first three minutes of the match, the shit starts getting real, starts getting good, gets interesting. You know, AJ Styles, springboard, the phenomenal forearm, catches Ricochet. One, two, three. But little did the referee know, he he was in the correct area where the shoulders were, but he wasn't in the correct position to see Ricochet's foot under the ropes. So, apparently, AJ Styles was a three-time... Four times? I don't know. I believe he's a, he he was almost a four-time U.S. champ. John Cone, Nicholas's dad, if you all remember him, runs out and starts, you know, telling Mike Kyoto, who I think was the referee for that match, like, hey, Ricochet's foot was under the rope, was under the rope. Restart the match, restart the match, restart the match. Commercial. We come back from commercial, which was just fucking fabulous. And then we have the match again, except this time the club are actually on the corner of AJ. They're just chilling there, they're minding their own business. The match actually starts to get pretty damn good. It was better than last week's, I will tell you that right now. 
Um, Ricochet does retain. Uh, he flies into a cradle pin to retain the championship in a shocking win against AJ because AJ had the look of disbelief on his face when he realized that he got caught in the cradle pin and lost. You know, it was a great match. It was very honorable, but then it just got real. AJ Styles has officially turned heel. The crowd loved it. The club is back together. And I'm loving the fact that Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows are now getting TV time. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping if this faction stays together for a good minute, not that temporary period of time when Cena had to get involved just for AJ to turn heel. I hope this time this group stays for good. Like we need three years with this group. We need AJ Styles as a heel for three years. Not eight months, he's a heel, and then he has to turn babyface after that. No, we need a good AJ Styles heel run, and having him with the club is going to help him with the heel run either way, because these guys have known him for years in Japan. They've known him throughout all these years that he's done wrestling. And trust me, when I tell you overall, AJ Styles might become the Universal Champion with the club. And the club might have gold also. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm not going to go out of my way and say it's a spoiler. But I'm hoping now that they're together, it gives the club more TV time. Because they have not gotten TV time since they were on SmackDown. I just felt bad. And the fact that they rejected contracts, I'm hoping now if they give them contracts, they actually take it because they're now giving them this opportunity to be on TV and do something for a living. And I hope it turns out well for them. Now that Paul Heyman is running this, this is basically now the point where we have to start asking ourselves. After watching Monday Night Raw last night, is it going to continue like this? We'll just have to wait and see. I'm going to give you guys the nails and fails overall. Everything about the show was great. The only thing that I have a problem with is just two out of three falls matches. Too many gimmick matches just to uh, just to have time for the commercials. It's not looking good for them. You made all this change and you got everyone invested. You have everyone on the edge of the seat and they're ready for next week. So please, for fuck's sake. Please change your match types. Have everyone else that you're not using right now on the roster be put on Raw. Even if it's for just three minutes. Do something with them. We can't have elimination matches. We can't have two out of three falls matches. Especially with tag teams. Because it's just getting old and you're ruining the concept of two out of three falls. Those are supposed to be lengthy. Like Iron Man like matches not five minute squashes or just lightning round it's it's not good that's the only fail I can give it and another fail no Firefly Funhouse this is the second week without it and I'm starting to get a little concerned we need more I wanted more I, I was hoping that something was going to happen um Another feel, I, I, I could just say the Street Profits debuting because they didn't really do anything. They just cut a promo and then they did a promo with Heyman. But again, Montez Ford, if you want the smoke, I got the smoke. But yeah, everything else was just a, a 
Oh yeah, the another fail. The 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 mixed tag team match with the couples that was just horrible. It was horrendous. It was basically Jerry Springer on on like an eight ball of cocaine, just bad, very bad. Um, what else? Oh yeah, and the moment of bliss stuff with Carmella being double booked. Another fail because Nikki is just now getting all this all this recognition, and Alexis Alexis is getting jealous. Raw gets a bars for me, just a solid bars. This was a really, really good show. Again, there were some negatives, but not everything about it was negative. It was very enjoyable. I was at the edge of my seat. I became fully invested. I can't wait for next week now. The past weekend, um, me and the guys did a lot of wrestling stuff. I went to BCW, Summer Smash. I celebrated my official one year anniversary with the BCW family. You know, I had fun, we had a good time, we had great matches. Just know that BCW is coming back in the Bronx with BCW 25, August 16th. The main event for the BCW world title, Darius Carter taking on the sexy saying, Eric Jaden. I was at someone Smash. The guys couldn't make it because they were saving their money for the next event coming up the following day. Um, yeah, we we had an amazing we had, I had an amazing time in, in BCW. I got a few interviews. We did some interviews with Marty Bell. We did one with Jimmy Fucking Lloyd. We did one with Sebastian Cage. We also are gonna have some video interviews with the BCW Women's Champion Faye Jackson, and. Um, Joe Gacy too and I would like to thank Jimmy Diners of the Take It Home TV show for recording those interviews for me we're going to have those up pretty soon and we'll give him credit for all of his work and everything that he does for us here it was an amazing show I loved every minute of it I, you know, I just can't wait for BCW 25 the interviews are great everyone was did an amazing job and I can't wait for you guys to hear it pretty soon it'll be up in about a few weeks or, or next month so be patient on that. And the following Saturday, we also went to the IWW event. The inaugural IWW show took place in Queens. The guys got there pretty early and they saw all of the action. I got there pretty late because I got lost. So it's bad getting directions in Queens. It's like the worst. So yeah, but at least I still got to attend. I got to make it. I got to see some of the action and it was just great. Best part about it was, uh, this was like pretty unexpected. I didn't know uh, Felicia Rose was actually attending the show, let alone a part of the show. So I was actually surprised for her to see her there. And I've been wanting to get an interview with her for a very long time now. And I finally got it. I'm going to remind you guys that, again, when you guys hear this interview, it's raw. It's gritty. It's raunchy. Trust me. You guys are going to love it. We loved it. We enjoyed every minute of the IWW. We took pictures. We got to meet some of the talent. And we saw we saw some old friends there. It was a great event. They were really professional about it. The ring was professional. They had a little uh, little titantron on the side of the wall. They had the little staging set up. And the crowd over there was astonishing. Like, wow. It was a packed house. It was a full house. And the crowd was into every single part of that show. I think they loved what they saw there. And I can't wait to see what IWW brings out on their second show. Hopefully this time I will be there at my earliest 
<laughs> instead of not getting lost and showing up two hours late. Oh man. Follow us on every single audio platform iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, SoundCloud, Ramble Mania Show, all over the place. Follow us on Twitter at Ramble Mania Show, Facebook.com forward slash Ramble Mania Show, Instagram at Ramble Mania Show. You can find me on Instagram at iZombies, double I Z O M B, double I E S Z. Ain't that great? God damn it. The first episode of Raw Rants, again, this is not going to be the official name, but this is just something that we're going to deal with for now. I would like to wish everyone a point and goodies, a two sweets, and most importantly, a good fight and a good night. <laughs>